Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Serie A fan, the end is nigh as we head into the final weekend, but there's still glory to be won, plus those two Champions League spots for Milan, Juve and Napoli to scrap over. We talk about who's up for it and who's up to it, plus more items on Burz's list of things not to do and a curious tattoo on this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to Scudetto, your weekly roundup of top flight Italian football. And here we are on the penultimate episode of our debut season. Um, we've had our Serie A champions for a few weeks now, and uh, we've just got our Coppa Italia champions. Relegation battle's been decided, but we still have two out of the four Champions League spots to play for. So lots for us to discuss this evening, and uh, I'm going to be expecting full effort from the Scudetto squad. Uh, Kenny, feeling up for that? Up for it, yes. Good news, and uh, Baz, I hope you're feeling up for it as well. I can't say I'm uh, as energetic as I was last week, but I, I'll do my best. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, Kenny, it's your turn to go first in this section. Uh, how's your week been? Have you got any exciting tales to tell? Yes, it's been a good week. Yeah, I obviously got vaccinated, as I told you all last week that I was going to. I didn't chicken out or anything. Um, so that was notable. And also this week, for the first time in about nine months, I actually went to to a restaurant and had a, a very nice meal. So that was that was pretty amazing. And interestingly enough, actually, the the waiter who served us turned out to to be a Roma fan, which was uh, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> it was not Jose Mourinho. No, no. So he this said fan. <laughs> this Roma fan was actually a Roma fan from from Rome and uh, when I found out he was from Rome I asked him if he supported Roma or Lazio and he he got a bit cross with me and uh, said you don't ask a Roman that question because Lazio fans are not real Romans Oof. good man good stuff and, and how was the food well, I assume it was an Italian restaurant was it it was not an Italian restaurant. No, no, it was a, a steak restaurant and uh, the food was excellent. Yeah. All right. And on that topic, have you got a beverage this evening? A reliable centre back, a brew dog, dead pony club tonight for me. Good stuff. And how about you, Buzz? How are you getting on? Well, from a football perspective, I'm doing much worse than I was doing last week. But from a life perspective, I'm doing moderately better. Last week, I was channeling my inner Eddie Murphy. And this week, I feel very much like Vampire in Brooklyn, which uh, critics believe is profoundly unfunny and never scary. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of explained that because uh, the reference went straight over my head. A terrible movie from the 90s starring Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and it's it's not a comedy. It's like a vampire movie. And so it's a, it's, it's a great parallel with my amazing laugh last week. <laughs> See, Well, I'm glad you glad you're feeling better anyway. I had to go through a list of of the worst Eddie Murphy movies, and this one is one that is 
is the only one I recognized, okay? So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about your beer? What have you got? I'm having, uh, because of the situation, I'm having something strong. It's a Formbridge uh, Jaipur 5.9 India Pale Ale. Nice. I've seen that. It seems like a lot of curry houses in London have that on tap. It's pretty nice. It's very nice. I've just, uh, this is the first time I tried it. Recommend it. Good news. Um, not much to report from my side. I'm looking a little bit like what Kenny described my current look as like the podcast logo because I've had my head shaved. It just looks like an egg wearing headphones. For me, it looks like you um, you took the red pill and you ex- finally exited the matrix and uh, <laughs> life kind of sucks on the, on the outside, but at least you're spiritually free. Anyway, that's enough about us and our drinks. Let's start with the Coppa Italia as it's fresh um we've all a fresh the wound game. a fresh wound for you kenny exactly um how do you feel about the game now do you uh, do you feel like it was a deserved victory for you though it was it was one of those cliche game of two halves wasn't it i felt like Juve were fortunate to go in uh, tied to be honest uh, atalanta definitely had the the better of the the first half should really have been a couple of goals up within five minutes. I felt should have had a a penalty. I know Gasperini felt that as well. I know neither of you are are convinced. But, I I mean, the second half, um, after the sort of first 10 minutes, Atalanta just uh, faded, didn't they? So, I mean, on the balance, it it was a close game, really. Atalanta had the the better of the first half. Juve had the better of the second half. And games like that are decided by fine margins just to throw another cliche into the mix. Um, So while while obviously disappointed for Atalanta that they didn't pick up their first piece of silverware to mark this incredible... uh, Or their first piece of silverware under Gasperini to mark this... uh, this incredible team that way it still still goes on, but I mean you can't say that it was uh, that it was daylight robbery or anything uh, either. But one positive for me was watching a game with uh, fans inside the stadium again. That was uh, that was really really heartwarming as a as a football fan to see, and what a difference it made. Yeah, definitely. And what what, what did you think about it, Baz? Just thinking of uh, in the second half, I suppose Juve just kind of showed up when they needed to, didn't they? And they seem to be building a bit of kind of momentum in their performances. In a season where supposedly uh, Andrea Pirlo has been a failure, he's managed to lift two pieces of uh, silverware. That is definitely that definitely goes to his credit. It has to be said that uh, in the same period, uh, Antonio Conte lifted the one that mattered. But um, at the same time, I, I thought that uh, Juventus, as opposed to their performance that we spoke about last week against Milan, they came much sharper to this game. They seem to have a slightly um, better game plan. And of course, it helps when your um, big match players, uh, or rather the two, sign- the two big signings from the summer, uh, come good. Yeah. Yeah, what else do we need to talk about? I, I think we should mention Chiesa, maybe, because um, we, we had him potentially as a nomination for living the Vidal Loca, that chance that he whacked off the post, but he kind of redeemed himself after that, didn't he? Lovely goal. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a very, very tidy, tidy finish. And yeah, just to reiterate what, what Boaz said, really, that um, 
those those two were the the two that came good really on the on the night for Juve. But for me, the big story of this has to be Buffon really. Um, not for necessarily his, his performance on the night, but the fact that it's his sixth Coppa Italia victory. There was a really uh, good good stat actually that I saw, which was uh, just to kind of give his his career a nice bit of symmetry. That in his first Coppa Italia victory in '99, when he was at Parma, he was playing alongside Enrico Chiesa, and in his sixth and what will probably be his last uh, Coppa Italia victory he was playing alongside Federico Chiesa so that was really nice and also to see the team throwing him up in the air doing that um it's almost like a sort of uh, American sports thing that happens with the coaches uh, and the fans as well they're kind of singing ggg yeah i thought that was uh, that was quite nice despite the despite my disappointment at the way the result went happy happy for for him to end his time at Juve in that way Latching on to uh, Kenny's mention of Gigi Buffon, I thought that his um, announcement of him leaving Juventus was quite is- interesting as well. Uh, you'd imagine that he'd be leaving like a club le- the club legend that he is, but uh, his first words were, I'm, let me get out of the way, let me stop uh, disturbing around here. I think that probably has some, uh, there's some probably some personal uh, issues behind this and m- maybe he expected to play a little bit more. But uh, he also said that uh, a very uh, prominent person in uh, Calcio has spoken to him about uh, joining their clubs. And the, the rumors are right now, um, and I don't like to peddle rumors, but just for, the, just for the sake of it, the rumors are that he's either spoken to Jose Mourinho in um, Rome, who we, we keep saying need, they really need a keeper, or he's spoken to Galliani at Monza. I bet you he'll surprise us and uh, either retire or go somewhere completely exotic that I didn't mention just now. Yeah, and it's nice that he at least gets a bit of a send-off after this game because we've spoken a few times on this pod about all the players that have retired or left clubs they've been at for a long time while there have been no fans in the stadium. That's always a bit sad. Anyway, we should sort of discuss the implications of this game for the top four race because both of these teams still heavily... I mean, Atlanta guaranteed top four, but definitely gunning for that second place. Let's let's speak about Atalanta first uh, because they they looked a little bit flat in the second half of this game, um, and they've got a big big game against Milan this weekend. Which if Milan win this game, they finish second, and if they lose and Juventus win and Juventus and Napoli win, then they're likely to miss out on the top four entirely. Absolutely massive game. Do you think Atlanta are going to be up for it, Kenny? Or do you think they're going to have a bit of a, a hangover from, from the Copper defeat? Yeah, so will they be up for it? Absolutely, they will be because uh, Atalanta, well, let's talk about it from a club point of view. The difference between Atalanta finishing second, which they would do if they if they win this game, and finishing fourth, which uh, is very possibly where they would finish if they don't win it. For the club, that difference apparently is worth... 10 million euros which i've said this before on previous pods is not gonna change the world for for some of the bigger clubs but for a club like atalanta that money means 
a lot. But from the players' point of view as well, this is a team that has been driven by beating records and smashing club records left, right and centre. At times coming close to last season, they came close to being the top scoring team in in Europe. Uh, And for for a while, they were actually on, on course to do that until Bayern overtook them. Um, and here they've got a, the opportunity to break another one of those records and be the first ever Atalanta team to to achieve second place in Serie A. So they will absolutely be up for it. There's the other factor at play, though, is whether they will physically be up to it rather than up for it. Um, and that, I don't know. Um, obviously, that is an advantage that Milan will have. There's n- no getting around that. And I think this this um, theme that we're seeing, which we saw last season as well with Atalanta, when it got to the end of the season, especially when there were so many games crammed together, that they struggled when they were playing like more than one game in a week uh, in the second half of, of games, really. Um, and, I mean, that happened against Genoa. They almost threw away uh, a three-goal lead. Um, it happened against Juve, and they'll be playing against a Milan team that have had a week's rest. So that's definitely going to factor into it, I think, whether or not that, that will be enough to... To disadvantage them to the point of of losing the game, I don't know. But there's all sorts of things uh, at play here. It's going to be really, really fascinating to see it play out. Yeah, for sure. Interesting distinction you draw there between being uh, up for it and up to it. I think I asked you at the start of the pod if you are up for it, uh, both of you. So hopefully you're up <laughs> to it as well. Um, but yeah, Boaz, we should to talk about this a bit from the Milan side and I mentioned just before that um, Milan really need to win this game now and obviously that's because of the very disappointing draw with Cagliari uh, last weekend. Can you take us through that one if it's not still too painful? What what, what went wrong there? Essentially Milan committed uh, Harikiri or at the very least um, damaged their Champions League aspirations very badly. As you mentioned now basically only a win against Atalanta will guarantee Champions League qualification. And uh, of course, uh, Juventus are playing Bologna. So uh, in, on paper, at least, that's a much easier game. First of all, I should say that Milan should probably play all games in Turin moving forward because they scored 10 goals last week in Turin. <laughs> um, or at the very least, they maybe they should have held back on one or two of those goals to keep them for the Cagliari game. But um, it, at the end of the day, um, there's been a couple of issues that I've kind of moaned about or mentioned many times in the podcast. One of which, Milan, is one of the youngest sides in Europe, um, the youngest side in the top five leagues. And in a game like Cagliari, where you needed grit, but you also needed head, it felt like the the squad wasn't quite there. Secondly, the big Latin question, as much as I personally love the guy, and I, I know you guys are appreciative of him as well, um, he missed half of the games this season i mean that's already when your star striker is missing half the games that's a big deal but uh the man they brought ostensibly to replace him has yet to get a goal for milan and has looked like a man who hasn't played football for a couple of years a quick reference to the Cagliari game there was a a moment uh, in the 89th minute when uh Cagliari brought on former juventus players uh, asamoa and rugani whereas milan brought on manzukic the the first two being uh, defensive players and the second one allegedly being an, an attacking player. And uh, I mean, that was kind of symbolic given that this game 
played a big uh, advantage to Juventus' side. But I'd like to spend some words on uh, Cagliari because uh, I'd be remiss not to give them some credit. Uh, despite being seen sh- celebrating with uh, champagne before the game, uh, given the fact that they were they just managed to qualify, they just managed to get saved from relegation since the Benevento match had already occurred. Um, they put on a really resilient ma- uh, performance. They probably had the better chances, and if it wasn't for a couple of amazing Donnarumma saves, they could have uh, won one or two, one or two nil. And um, I also want to give credit to uh, Simplici, who is uh, um, one of the free coaches who took over in mid-season. And uh, we have to all four. I think three or four. What was it? There was uh, Torino, Genoa, and Cagliari, and they all saved their teams. Anyways, uh, Simplici was said before the game that uh, when he walked into the the change room, the first thing he had to convince the players was that they were they had to they the names on the back of their shirts didn't go down on the field, but rather the, the men inside the shirt. In in a sense, he was saying, "Look, you might have big names on your shoulders, but you haven't done anything here." Yeah, impressive that they managed to to pull out that performance after drinking champagne before the game. Maybe that's their secret uh, card. Maybe that's they should do that every game. Yeah, Kenny used to always laugh at me having a pint before five aside, but that was only like 20 minutes. <laughs> at a much slower pace, so it's, it's probably probably an honourable. I guess it's uh, a pretty good segue. To, so we just I spoke about uh, Cagliari putting on an incredible performance against Milan despite not having much to fight for. And in the past, uh, the cliche around Serie A was that towards the end of the season, clubs that didn't have... Uh, any cards in the game would kind of be on the beach by this point. But uh, if anything, this last uh, couple of uh, match days have proven that there is no easy game in Serie A. Benevento were essentially relegated because of a last-minute equalizer from Crotone, who have been down for months. Cagliari, who, as I said, were saved themselves, uh, defended as if they were trying to get into a Champions League final. And um, in other games, I mean, Fiorentina, who were up against... Uh, Napoli, despite losing in the end, they really put on a great performance. And uh, the, the same can be said for um, Lazio, who didn't really have too much to fight for, but gave Torino the game of their lives. Yeah, good to see that they're not all, uh, all on the beach already. Should we, should we do quick predictions for this uh, Atlanta-Milan game? I think I'm going to stick by my prediction that Juventus are going to miss out. Um, obviously, meaning that Milan have to, have to win this game. What do, what do you guys reckon? Oh, Juventus could lose. Yeah, I don't think Juventus is going to lose to Bologna. <laughs> uh, I think the Milan are going to win this game. Um, and I don't think it's going to be for Atalanta being on the beach either. I just think that that, uh, that game will have taken quite a lot out of some already tired legs. And I do think that will probably be the what makes the difference in the end. Uh, Milan will be fresher and... Well, Atalanta are playing for like a, a club record, as I as I mentioned earlier. I'm just going to completely contradict myself here and say that what <laughs> Milan are playing for is a much bigger prize because uh, Atalanta essentially have, you know, their their mission for the season um, has been accomplished. Um, so so yeah, uh, for me, Milan. Well, I was feeling, feeling confident, feeling our confidence. Uh, first of all, the last game Milan played in the Champions League was in uh, March 2014, so that's a long absence. And uh, unfortunately, I think uh, Milan will not win this game. I think they'll probably lose 3-0. Pioli has never beaten Atalanta since he's been at Milan. And uh, as I said, uh, in the last game, they showed that they were very nervous and 
I just uh, I think they it would be a shame after such an amazing run throughout uh, 2020 and 2021. But um, I just I find it very hard that they'll beat Atalanta. I should say that uh, if Milan don't qualify for the Champions League, they'd be the first uh, winter champion not to qualify for the top four spots in Serie A history. Okay, well, let's wait and see. Um, we should speak briefly also about Napoli, who are the other team in contention for two of these Champions League spots that are still available. Uh, they've been in really good form recently, um, and they need to beat Verona at home to secure the top four. Uh, I mean, I can't personally see them failing to do that. Uh, can you can you review? See them slipping up at this stage. I don't think so. No, I, th- I think Napoli are favourites to to win that game. But I mean, Verona is not uh, Verona is not an easy uh, an easy game by any stretch. It's going to be Juric's last game as Verona manager. Uh, so you know, I don't know if that will be something that will have them charged up a little bit, the players, um, because he, I mean he's done an incredible, incredible job there. Uh, so. My expectation is that Napoli will win because, like like you said, they've just been absolutely amazing. And again, at the weekend is another game that they won two 0 But really, they I mean they hit the woodwork. They like they they were just uh, yeah great yet again. Um, and with a full a full squad to pick from, I think Napoli beat Verona. Yeah, um, and other games uh, which we should just. Quickly, well, we should quickly mention the Rome derby. Obviously, a game which would normally hold a lot of significance. Um, the way it, it panned out, there's not a lot left to play for for either of these teams. But uh, good for Fonseca to get his last, or to get a win in his last game at the Olimpico, and um, one of the first wins that he's managed to get against top six opposition since he's been at Roma. I think before this game, he was just three out of thirty points. Um, so good to get get our monkey off his back um, before he makes makes space for the new one. The new one. The, the, what's his name in Rome? He's just he's not special anymore. He's just new. Not the special one. Not the happy one. Not the calm one. The new one. We're getting rid of the old coach. Bring in the new one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for uh, supporters of Tottenham Hotspur and Roma, of which I'm sure there are many, it's uh, the same guy. Anyway. We should, while we're on managers, we should talk about Mancini's contract being extended just before the Euros. So somewhat curious timing. I don't know if he had another job offer on the table or, or something, um, but they've extended it until, is it 2024, Baz? Yeah, he's going to do until the the World Cup. And uh, there were rumors that uh, a few clubs were looking at him, including Juventus, although I, I don't know how much substance there is to these rumors. But in either case, uh, the Fijici moved lightning fast. Yeah. Uh, indeed. And also, just before we move on to good week, bad week, there is um, more Zlatan news. We haven't had Zlatan news for a couple of weeks. Because he's but, always injured. Um, <laughs> doesn't usually keep him out of the news. He, he hasn't headlined any festivals either. So, yeah, what's going on with Zlatan? Um, Zlatan damaged his uh, knee cartilage in the win against Juventus. And um, it's been officially announced that he will not play in the Euro with Sweden. Which is kind of sad. It's uh, it was kind of a nice fairy tale, and if you remember, in the few games he did play in in a few weeks back, he set up like four goals out of five or something like this. I think the Euro is gonna lose one of its big personalities, but uh, maybe it's a good thing for Milan. 
it's a good thing for the FIFA edition of the game. <laughs> well, maybe they don't do those anymore, do they, actually? But remember when they used to make FIFA World Cup and stuff? Yeah, well, f- let's move on to good week, bad week, because it's a pretty easy one to do this week, I think. <laughs> any, uh, I think so. any objections to Juventus for good week, having hauled themselves back into the contention for the top four and won a trophy? Um, no, I don't think anyone was... Uh... Yeah, I don't think there are enough clubs playing for for anything for for that to for, for that to be challenged. I guess the only one you could say is Torino uh, or Cagliari. But I mean, are we really giving good weeks for for weeks in which teams have just drawn? Also, Torino uh, shipped four goals against Spezia in the previous game to last, so um, hardly yeah. a memorable week. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, good on those clubs for for staying up. Uh, they both looked at times like they were dead certs to to go down, uh, but it has to be over. Yeah, I mean, partly yeah. partly because of uh, also because of circumstance with Milan dropping points this week has definitely become a good good week for them, uh, both in terms of results and in terms of luck. Yeah, and obviously bad week for Benevento who were relegated after that Torino draw with Lazio. Yeah, and the style in which they were relegated as well. So to concede to concede uh, a goal against Crotone in in injury time when it looks like you're taking it down to the wire, and then for Lazio to have what to me looked like a perfectly legitimate goal chopped off and miss a penalty, and um, yeah, I guess adding spice to that whole thing, the the Inzaghi brothers, you know. Yeah, it's it's been of ob- quite obviously a bad week for for Benevento, and uh, shame to see them go down because uh, they were a lot of fun uh, many times, uh, especially earlier on this season. Um, so I think I do think they'll be missed in Syria. We failed to mention it on the podcast, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Benevento's president Vigorito went on a epic rant about how um, the Serie A is trying to damage the teams from the south. Bearing in mind this was after they just played Cagliari, which is even further south than Benevento, so he was uh, slightly uh, misguided geographically. But, uh, I mean, Benevento have some some fair recriminations for some uh, decisions that were given against them, particularly the penalty that was not given to them against Cagliari, which could have made a world of difference. It went to VAR, and I think this is also a separate talking point that the VAR has been a nightmare in Italy the past few weeks, and it's been used as kind of a on-the-field review instead of just being used the way VAR is supposed to be. Um, the game between Inter and Juve, which we mentioned earlier, was marred with errors, and as I said, Benevento have um, some fair recriminations, but ultimately 10 points in the entire um, return uh, leg of the league is just not good enough. Yeah. I guess another good shout for this would be uh, Monza in uh, Serie B missing out on the on promotion after finishing third and going out three two on aggregate to Cittadella, particularly that first uh, first leg that they lost three nil um, with the stars that they've they've, they've recruited uh, Monza to to follow that hurdle. Uh, not great, but yeah, I, I still think it has to be Benevento. And uh, on the on the subject of Monza, I, this is a brief point, but uh, the Salernitana players were caught on camera using all sorts of expletives against um, Balotelli and against the Monza players, saying we went up and you didn't. Essentially, well, maybe next season with a bad goalkeeper, we'll uh, yeah, maybe we'll be talking about them again. 
it's time to move on to the honourable and dishonourable mention section. And Boaz, you've got a very dishonourable one to kick us off with. I'm adding um, this to my series, Things That uh, You Shouldn't Do. And uh, in in this case, the, the thing you shouldn't do is uh, violence and uh, property damage. Essentially... Vandalize cars. Essentially... <laughs> so no, no. Genoa striker Gianluca Scamacca, who we've spoken about quite a lot this season, his dad broke into the Roma Roma's training ground Trigoria and started smashing up cars with his uh, with a crowbar. And uh, apparently, there there was one of the junior teams was there, and they got really frightened and were locked away in like a change room. And this maniac was smashing up the cars until the police came. And later on in uh, the week. Gianluca Scamacca himself came out. Oh, but I should add, I should also add he was wearing a sassuolo top while he was doing all of this. But um, Gianluca Scamacca came out and said that he is uh, estranged from his father and that he has no idea what, what this was all about and that uh, his parents are separated and that uh, he actually doesn't speak to his dad. So very random and, uh, well, we don't like to see that. You kind of left us on a cliffhanger there for a moment. You said Gamaka came out himself. I thought you were going to say, and then he started vandalizing cars. <laughs> <laughs> Gamaka, of course, um, was in the Roma youth system before he went on to PSV to make his bones. Okay, so there is some connection there, although um, unclear exactly what it is. Uh, anyway, I wanted to give on a completely different he, He's note, just angry because uh, Jose Mourinho was hired. Yeah, very possibly. I just wanted to give an honourable to Ilicic. Uh, well, I think it's an honourable, but he's, he's Liverpool tattoo. I think it's just quite funny that as a professional footballer, he got a tattoo of another team. And also the sponsor was on the yeah, shirt. Yeah, that's what bugs me. The <laughs> like, the tattoo is fine, but why? No, actually, the tattoo is terrible. He doesn't have fingernails, but we're not getting into that. <laughs> but like, why did he have the sponsor? Like, the sponsor might change, but like, I don't understand him having the, well, you'll never walk alone. I understand him having his number on his back. I just don't get why the sponsor is in this tattoo. <laughs> Maybe he got paid for it. It's, it's it's from a photo, but come on, you, it doesn't look realistic anyway, so just get rid of the sponsor. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a tribute to Liverpool or if it's paying tribute to Atalanta having beaten Liverpool at Anfield. I think it's paying tribute to himself for playing at Anfield. He's a Liverpool supporter, according to reports. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Because so, he actually scored in that game against Liverpool as well. Must be a momentous occasion in his career. Yeah. Maybe a bit of both. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him an honourable. It's, it's definitely an honourable, not a dishonourable. But as this one is a dishonourable, though, um, Benucci getting himself in some trouble, potentially. Yeah, this is uh, news that broke uh, just today. But uh, there's an, a company that's rather imaginatively called World Soccer Agency, and it's run by a guy called Alessandro Lucci. And amongst their clients is uh, Leonardo Bonucci. And um, the... Former uh, agents for the likes of uh, Skamaka, who we just mentioned, but also Castovili and Kulusevski, claim that um, Lucci has used uh, Leonardo Banucci to intimidate players to join this world soccer agency. And so the FGC has now opened an official uh, inquiry. That doesn't look too good with the Euros coming up and Bonucci obviously being a uh, rock in the, f- in the back for Italy. Yeah, you can add blackmail to your uh, list of things. <laughs> or henchmen. <laughs> Don't be a henchman. <laughs> um, okay, Kenny, let's change the tone and give an honourable for an actual good bit of football. 
Yeah, well, I'm giving I'm giving an honourable to Goran Pandev for about the fifth time this season. Uh, but maybe we're milking the fact that he's coming to the end of his career and still uh, capable of doing some some wonderful things on the on the football field. But yeah, this is for him scoring a goal and um, providing an, an assist in what is possibly his last home game for for Genoa, and also nicely poetic as well that this week is uh, the week that he was officially confirmed in that North Macedonian squad for the Euros. So an honourable mention to to Goran Pandev and we may not have another opportunity to give him another uh, honourable. Yeah, can uh, make the most of it. And um, as a man who has appeared a few times this season, uh, there's another dishonourable for Camiso. Yeah, Rocco Comiso seems to be uh, really enjoying his uh, presence in these uh, honorable, dishonorable mentions. This week he um, had an epic rant in a press conference where essentially he offered up uh, Fiorentina to sell to the journalists in attendance. He's like, uh, I'm willing to sell Fiorentina within the next week. Uh, which one of you guys can uh, is willing to put up the money? I've spent uh, 170 million on this club. And there's a lot of other colorful things that he said. But essentially, he, he, the crux of it was that journalists in Florence are not uh, honest, are dishonest about him and about the club. And that is the reason why Akini didn't stay and why he had to bring in Prandelli. Yeah. Uh, so a dishonorable for the rant, is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's colorful. But uh, I mean, the media in Italy were saying we, we brought in an American uh, owner hoping that he would bring in American business methods. And instead, he's behaving like a Italian mafia cliche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, a dishonorable for sure. We, we need to actually um, get the honorable and dishonorable league tables out for next week. Find out who's who's up there. Pandev probably wins. Yeah. Another thing that we'll be uh, totting up is Kenny's goals honourables. Uh, Kenny, who's oh, got yeah. a goals honourable this week? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got honourables for th- for three goals this week, and my theme this week is variety because the goals were too different to each other. Uh, so the first one is the acrobat Defrel in uh, Sassuolo's three-one win over Parma. The second one is Pedro the Rocket in uh, Roma's 2-0 victory over Lazio. And then I've got Zapata for a sweeping move. Uh, I think it was the opener against uh, Genoa in uh, in that game that Atalanta won 1-4-3. So that's my, my goals honourables this week. Thanks for that, Kenny. Um, and back to violence with Boaz. Um, that's my new po- That's going to be my new podcast, <laughs> Back to Violence with Boaz. Um, yeah, do you want to tell us about this bust up or almost bust up? I mentioned earlier that... Uh, Lazio put on one hell of a fight against uh, Torino in a game where Torino had to get uh, a result to, to guarantee their rema- them remaining in Serie A. And uh, this putting up a fight extended to off-the-field antics as well. First of all, as soon as the final whistle went, the people had to physically restrain Cairo and Lotito from... Uh, Coming to blows. This is on hot on the heels on the the first the first leg of this game where um, Torino alleged that uh, Lazio players are the ones who um, got them COVID. And uh, in this game, Urbano Cairo mentioned that uh, Insigne was playing with bloodshot eyes, which he claims was a, a kind of a, a compliment. Both Insigne and Lazio are saying that they're they're lo- considering legal avenues 
Because Urbano Kai was suggesting that Immobile is kind of doping or whatever, or at the very least playing with COVID. And uh, Cairo ended this all with saying, I, I really hope that uh, Immobile scores a ton of goals at the Euros. So, you know, grow up, guys. Yeah, the uh, Lazio statement that you were reading out before, but it's definitely worth a read for anyone who reads Italian or uh, get someone to translate it for you. Very funny. Um, <laughs> and speaking of sarcasm bars... Following on from the um, refereeing scandal that I mentioned in the uh, in, in the Juve Inter game, um, which was it was one of the worst performances I've seen in a while. Uh, Siniza Mihalovic was quick to say that uh, I'm sure that uh, the league will send us one of the play- a ref like we need a ref who doesn't just uh, is not at his first legs, a ref who knows what he's doing, someone like Valeri Giacomelli, someone with uh, talent. So. Um, I mean, he's firing it up already. We're, we said that it's unlikely that Genoa will get a result, but uh, stranger things have happened. And Kenny, am I reading this directly that you're going to give a dishonorable to Atalanta fans? I have no choice but to give a, a dishonorable to Atalanta fans, I'm afraid, given the precedent that we've set uh, on previous podcasts uh, when Inter, for example, were celebrating their title victory and... Uh, yeah, we, we give them a dishonorable for congregating en masse. Well, Atalanta fans did it as well before the Coppa Italia final. Uh, the, the ultras congregated outside the Atalanta team hotel, definitely not social distanced, um, letting off, you know, flares and things that ultras do. Uh, but yeah, again, in this time of pandemic, yada, 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 um, it's got to be a dishonorable. It's unfortunately, that's the, those are the rules. I just apply I the rules. To, yeah, you, you're definitely right too. I, I do look forward to the time we don't have to give dishonorables to fans for celebrating. But um, yeah, everything you said definitely is correct. But do you want to give us some, some comic relief to end on? What's this dishonorable for a FIFA board member about? I'm not sure it's so much comic relief as much as uh, someone who might be a little bit disconnected from reality. But in any case, um, FIFA board member Evelina Cristaline was discussing the Super League idea. And essentially, she was saying a lot of things that made a lot of sense. Um, we need to uh, curb expenditure in football. We need to make sure that the clubs are living within their means. Some clubs are ha- have it better than others. And so we need to make sure that uh, the whole of the football movement moves at once, which is really commendable and makes a lot of sense. But then she went on this to say, if Cristiano Ronaldo came to Juventus, there's no reason why Zidane can't come back. Well, the reason is his salary is very high and you just said that salaries <laughs> are a problem. So firm dishonorable for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, glad that you brought that one to our attention. Uh, thanks very much, as always. That is all we've got time for this week. Uh, if you don't already, please do subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio. We'll speak to you next week. Until then, enjoy the football. Scudetto 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 